Welcome back, everyone, to Aspire, the Leadership Development Podcast, where we will be discussing the visions, inspirations, and experiences from top educational leaders. My name is Joshua Stamper, and you can connect with me on Twitter or on Instagram at Joshua double underscore Stamper. Aspire Podcast, I am so excited for this evening because I get to talk with my great friend, Ray Hewart, from the Teach Better team, and she hasn't been on the show for quite some time, and we were, we were due for the greatness of Ray. And I'm so excited to speak with her this evening. Ray, how are you doing? The greatness of Ray. Oh my goodness. That's terrible. We got to cut, rewind, take no that way. all over again. No, hi friends. Thrilled to be here. Definitely not the greatness of Ray. Lower your expectations. <laughs> it is the greatness, Ray. I can't even tell you. So Ray, you know, part of my job with the Teach Better team is to meet with podcasters all the time to see if they would join our wonderful podcast network. I can't tell you how many times I start the conversation and they talk about you. They say how wonderful it is to see you every day on the day they drop in or on your Instagram feed and, and just what a difference you are in the world of education. So I just want to share that with you. I don't know if I've ever actually told you that. That is that is far, far too nice. I am absolutely flattered, blushing. I know y'all can't <laughs> see my face, but that's so sweet. I feel like the Teach Better team pushes out so much content. I'm thrilled to be a part of any of that content, but also thrilled to have people that want to be a part of the podcast network that want to continue to be a part of this family. So no, we got great people in our family. We Sign do. more up. I love it. Yeah, I love it. So Ray, I know you've been on the podcast before. As an individual part of the team, I think I've had you on with the Teach Better Conference, I mean, way back when, mm -hmm. and then you've also oh my gosh. for the Aspire Mailbag. I think it might have been with mm -hmm. Jeff Gargas, also that crazy yep. guy. If they haven't had a chance to learn about who you are and what you do with the Teach Better team, will you just share a little bit about yourself? Yeah. Hi, everyone. Thrilled to be here. Thanks for listening. I'm a huge Joshua Stamper fan. So <laughs> <laughs> number one, I'm president of his fan club. If any of you want to join, you can reach out to me and let me know and I'll add you as a member. No, uh, my name is Ray Hewart. I'm currently the CXO and co-owner of the Teach Better team. And uh, I get to serve in education a lot of different ways. Obviously, my background's in middle-level education, specifically in math, although I did teach reading, writing, and science as well. And I've taught at the university level. I've, I'm serving within a nonprofit right now that's a statewide nonprofit. And honestly, the Teach Better team is consistently where I come back to as my passion space. I love the diversity that this team is able to offer educators and so many different support options. So I kind of like am geeking out that this is what I get to do for a living. And I love talking chat about education. And gosh, when we convinced you to join the team, it was like the icing on top of the cake. <laughs> There was not a whole lot of conversation as far as joining. I mean, it was me jumping at the opportunity because... Guys, we had to fight him tooth and nail. He was a hard negotiator Lies. and we had to put up a fight. Lies. <laughs> they, they know how much I love the team and... You know, going to the Teach Better Conference in 2019 was kind of the, the deal breaker for me because I got to come a little bit early and see yeah. behind the scenes and help set up the conference because <laughs> I got there early and I wanted to meet you all before the conference because I knew once the conference started, it was going to just be insane, which it was. And it was just the family feel that was there to begin with. It was it was obvious it wasn't just a show. It wasn't you guys just performing in front of everyone, but it was truly like genuine and you wanted to be there to help other people. And I was like, man, I just want to be a part of that any way I possibly can. So it is a, it has been a true honor to to be a part of the team. Oh, I do have to tell you, Josh, I feel like we're setting goals right now for the Teach Better Conference and obviously other projects we're doing too, but I don't know how to explain it. Like that's the goal. Like the goal hopefully will be sessions. Of course, our keynotes are gonna be great. Feature speakers are gonna be great. Hopefully all y'all submit, you know, proposals are open. Hopefully you guys share your voice and become a presenter as well or attend or whatever. But 
honestly, the goal of the conference is for people to feel the love, the appreciation. And I hope that comes through. And all I remember about the conference, Josh, was two vivid moments with you. One is when I bursted out your name when you came in the door and we had never met before. And the other is when I was exhausted and somebody asked me to do something. And in that moment, you're like, Ray, can I interview you for the podcast? And I'm like, thank the Lord, Joshua Stamper for the win. <laughs> <laughs> I could see the stress level in that moment. And I was like, I'm going to do everything I can to, to pull you away from just the chaos that was. So, Well, we all know that teacher moment or the educator moment. It doesn't matter what your title is in education where you're like super stressed and someone like invites you to come sit and then everything just like whoosh right? Like that's what it was. It was so fun. It was a great, great event. It was a great event. And I can't wait. I mean, you said it yourself. I mean, we're kind of setting the stage for what's to come in October for the Teach Better 22 conference. And I am so excited. I can't tell you just the people that have reached out and said, Hey, I've got my ticket. I'm coming. I'm submitting to speak or I'm going to be on podcast row. I mean, just the amount of folks that are going to be there. I, I can't even tell you the excitement level that I have right now. I mean, I keep looking at my calendar. I'm like, it's so far away, but it's going to come so soon. I know. The 2019, like you talked about, was just the the feel of it. You know, the sessions were great. Mm-hmm. Like, and there was so much to do. But like the connections that were made, I mean, still to this day, have lasted so long. Yeah. I know. I just, I've been working on the conference actually a lot today. Just, it was on my to-do list. And one of the things I did today was set up our website for a bookstore. So like any authors, anybody who's out there who has a book, it, whether you're coming to the conference or not, we can feature your book in our bookstore, which is kind of a nice element. We know not everybody can be there, but we know that there's great content. So mm-hmm. anywho, the reason I'm telling this is because I set up the website and it's like a ton of your book being featured of all these people. It's so cute. If you guys haven't been over to teachbetterconference.com, go check out all the photos of people holding Josh's book. It's so fun. But I think 2022 is going to be great. I mean, even earlier today, I met with our committee that is doing our audience experience, which is quite a title for a committee, but it's truly like, what's the experience when you walk in the door all the way until you leave the the venue, right? The vicinity. So what do we want you to see and smell and experience and taste? And I, I know it sounds weird, but it's just like lesson planning. I'm so excited for, for this opportunity. It'll be really cool. Ray, I want to talk a, a little bit about yourself and maybe some, some things that folks don't know. So when did you actually start speaking outside of the classroom? Okay. So I started speaking my first year teaching, but I was working in a very, very small community. And I was honestly, I got got into speaking because I was looking for like other educator contact. Like I, I was working in a small town. I had moved to this place that I had never heard of. And I got my first job and I loved it. Holy moly. Great job. I wouldn't even, I wasn't even planning to leave as quickly as I did. I loved that space, but I started speaking because I wanted to attend conferences and presenters on occasion, depending on the conference, got waived registration fees. So I was like, perfect. If I speak for five seconds, I can attend the conference for free. So that's how I got into speaking. So in that, did you start to build kind of a community within each conference? I did, but I actually credit a, a master's course for forcing me to build a PLN because I did not know that educators connect on social media. I, to be honest, I wasn't even really a part of social media, but I went a master's program. I did a two years master program through ISU and the last semester. So I was already like in the weeds of my thesis, working hard, one semester left. And I realized I was one course short of graduation. And I was like, what the hell? Like I have to graduate. Like I'm done. I'm done teaching with my master's. I got to be done. And so I signed up for the first course that was literally available. 
and it was some tech course. I don't even know what it was called, but the professor, the first week of this course said, Hey, you have to create an educator profile on a social media platform. And I was like, okay, so Twitter, I started it just for a sake of a grade. And that's how I started building my network. I've heard through the grapevine, and maybe this is a rumor, but you actually had some type of business prior to the Teach Better team? I did kind of, yes. So when I was so when I was teaching, uh, my first few years teaching, I was, you know how teaching is, right? It's like a hodgepodge of so many things and you take all these different puzzle pieces and you bring them into your classroom and you say, okay, how do I want to click these pieces together to make what Miss Hewart's classroom looks like, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, my first few years teaching, I was, you know, consuming all this incredible educator knowledge. And I created a, a lesson design model based off of what I was seeing, essentially because I wanted to blend in these really important standards that I knew I was supposed to be teaching and the part of teaching that I actually liked, which was community and relevancy. And so I was trying to find a way to make this a synonymous marriage. A struggle I have is that I'm really not good at doing things unless it's a part of my routine. Like things just fall by the wayside. I'm not smart enough to juggle 15 things at once. I need it to be a routine where all 15 things just become a part of my habit. And so, yeah, I developed the teach further model and I uh, was doing it in my classroom. I got a few educators that were looking to learn more. And yeah, in some regard, I kind of had my own shtick going before I connected with the Teach Better team. So you talked about community and obviously that's something really, really big with the Teach Better team. You're a master at it, honestly. And then you talked about doing it in the classroom. And I know as a teacher, you were a leader, even though you may not have had a title at the time, especially when you were young within your teaching career. But you know, what were some things that you were doing within the classroom to create a community? And then did you do anything outside of your classroom to try and do the same thing within a campus level? Oh gosh, totally. So I grew up with two incredible parents who then had an incredible community that we all considered family. Mm -hmm. Like I joke with people, if you guys ever seen my Ted talk, I have like five moms and five dads, like always. And we actually just lost one of them. And it's like, we still call him the famous 10, even though now there's nine, but there'll always be 10. And community, like family was always just a part of our life. And you didn't have to be blood related. You just needed to kind of have this mutual love and appreciation. And there you go. Now you're family, right? Like poof. And uh, when I got into teaching, I was designing themed internships that were all sponsored by local businesses. Eventually it turned into national corporations that got involved as well. But essentially students were immersed in an internship to look at the relevancy of the content before even exploring the content. And what I loved about it is that I got to bring in family. I got to bring in people within the communities that I was teaching in. And obviously those changed over time as I moved buildings. But people within our community that have so much knowledge and how wonderful is it for them to share their knowledge with our students. But then on the flip side, like give them an opportunity to walk into a school building, to be themselves as they walk in that school building and to actually experience what we all get to experience every day, which is the magic of learning, right? Those aha moments that teachers like literally live for are experiences that our parents and our community members get a lot out of as well. But when they don't get to be in the building unless they have a student that attends it at that current year or unless they're writing a check, it becomes very hard for each group to have empathy and understanding for each other. Mm-hmm. So the themed internship model just kind of allowed random strangers who really became family to not only become advocates for students, but for them to also become advocates for our school buildings, which was important to me. Yeah. So now you have transitioned 
from classroom teacher to the Teach Better team. What does it look like now as far as how you're impacting education in your current role? Yeah, so I was really nervous to leave the classroom, honestly. I've been a teacher for the better part of a decade and it felt very dirty leaving. (laughs) I'm sure many people understand that. So while the Teach Better team was a great opportunity for me, I knew I was going to be impacting educators, right? Like regardless of what work I do, I essentially oversee all branding, marketing, and production for the Teach Better team. So anything that any of you listening right now see from the Teach Better team, in some way, I got to interact with that content, which is kind of a beautiful role that I didn't know I could build for myself. But I also had some concern and I wanted to still be in schools. Like I really just, I need that student connection every so often. And I ended up partnering with a nonprofit which was a statewide nonprofit specifically supporting middle schools, which gave me essentially an open invitation to walk into any middle school across the state of Illinois and have a purpose there. And so it's kind of been this beautiful blend of, I believe that the Teach Better team does work that that dramatically impacts the future of education. And I love that I have an opportunity and an invitation to actually see it in action, you know, putting my feet on the floor in the trenches as often as I need. So I get to be in schools multiple times a week, which is wonderful. Yeah. And you get to actually go and visit school districts and actually partner with individuals and teams also. So what are you doing in in that role? Yeah. So there are, there are teach better team members in schools every day. Mm -hmm. Like there's not one day that goes by that one of our team members isn't serving in multiple communities. As far as the nonprofit, I get to go in and specifically give feedback on the middle school model. So depending on how I'm walking in, depending on what hat I'm wearing, right, we all wear so many hats, I'm either getting to talk shop about middle school, I'm getting to talk shop about mastery learning, I'm getting to talk shop about community engagement or grading practices. I literally just Friday organized and facilitated a exploratory summit, which was specifically designed for exploratory teachers, PE, music, languages kind of technology, STEM, anything in between across the state of Illinois. So it's great to be able to get different perspectives, learn different concerns, also problem solve different hurdles. And I also got to fly a drone and that was cool. So, <laughs> hey, school's fun. School is fun. <laughs> school's fun. That's a great segue because, you know, I know you're in schools all the time and you're working with many different educational leaders. So what are some changes that you would like to see shift? Obviously, education has is, is changed drastically within the last couple of years and continues to, but you know, while you're in the schools and you're in classrooms, you're seeing all these different programs, what are some changes that you think need to happen tomorrow or next week? Yeah. So it's tricky. I kind of alluded to it before, but like, I'm really, really bad at juggling multiple pieces that I haven't intentionally connected together into a routine. Uh, it's just something I'm terrible at, like truly. For those of you that are connected with me prior, you may know, like I was in special ed my entire upbringing. I'm diagnosed SLD. I struggle with reading, writing, and math. And still to this day, I use the supports that I learned when I was in school from those teachers that I tortured (laughs) on how to function through like normal society. And I just feel like teachers are in that space right now. We're all kind of juggling a hundred different roles and we haven't necessarily found a sustainable and scalable way to connect all of them. And I think that's how things fall to the wayside. That's how gaps happen. That's how mistakes happen, right? You get busy with five or six things. And so as you're juggling, you put two of those things down. Maybe it's SEL practices, maybe it's documentation or data curation or whatever it is. We're all juggling a hundred things. So, and then later on it bites us in the butt and we're like, oh darn, had we continued to juggle all 95 of those problems, we may have been able to fix it. But 
I just, my biggest passion right now in education is trying to support educators, regardless of what they're juggling, trying to help them understand how all these pieces are connected so we can create some sort of sustainability. I still think right now we're in response mode and I don't blame anybody for being in that mode. Holy moly, it's been a hell of a two years, but I just think that now is the time for us to start seeing the connections between all of these different hats so we can sustain them for long periods of time without burning candle at both, both ends. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Well, I think that's a great, you know, statement there of uh, being overwhelmed is what you stated. And then, you know, I'm thinking burnout also. You were talking about burning on both sides of the candle. And I know a lot of mm-hmm. educators in my own building, in the district, and just, you know, a lot of educators that we connect with, they are. They're, they're just overwhelmed with yeah. the last couple of years. And I know the Teach Better team is really trying to address that you specifically. So what are some things that the team or yourself are, you know, trying to provide? And then, you know, if someone is feeling overwhelmed and they're listening to this podcast, what is something they can do individually to kind of help them through just this really tough time? There's so many things. And I used to feel guilt with that, with that we did so much, maybe too much. And what I've realized now is we do so many different things because every single educator needs different support, just like every single student needs that personalized support. So my hope is that anybody that goes to teachbetter.com, right? That's our website. If you head there, my hope is that you feel like, and I mean this in a roll with me on this one, I want you to feel like you're in a hallway with like 20 doors open and you get to decide what doors you go in. And one door will lead you to a blog that's going to give you a small little idea to maybe give you a challenge to work on tomorrow. One is going to help you maintain a morning routine to make sure that you're set up for the day. One is going to give you an option of uh, of a new podcast to go listen to that maybe you're going to go learn about a specific idea or listen to an educator's reflection. Like all these doors exist because depending on what mood you're in, depending on what specific you know problem might be on your heart that day, you might lean towards different mediums. You might lean towards different content. And I like that. I like that you can choose your own adventure, right? It's like a Goosebumps book, right? So for me, I feel like the team is doing so many different things to offer educators potential solutions. And depending on who you are and where you live and what problems you're overcoming, the hope is that you try one out. And if it's a great fit, awesome. And maybe you'll, when you attack the next hurdle, you'll do something else. Or if it's not the right fit, don't worry, because there's 19 other doors you can walk through as a potential option for you. So if you've never been to teachbetter.com, friends, honestly, it's a great spot to connect with speakers, to listen to a podcast, to read a blog, to tune into our morning show, the daily drop in, you know, there's just so much there and it's not to overwhelm you. It's to just give you the option and personalize your experience. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. You can find out more at teachbetter.com slash podcast. Now let's get back to the episode. Ray, you talked about the daily drop-in. I, w- I want to touch on that because this is your project, your baby that you've been working on. And well, I give you a lot of credit. You're up every morning, <laughs> bright and early. You are, you know, kicking off the day for everyone with inspirational content. So for those who may not have had a chance to tune in to the daily drop-in, what is that project all about? I want you all to know that Josh and I are recording this where I can see him and he just held up buddy, like bunny ears being like inspirational <laughs> with that quotes. That is not true. <laughs> not at all. No, I'm, the daily drop in, honestly, I like the story behind where it started, you know, and I love that we have a community that appreciates it. But honestly, full transparency, 
we were sitting in a showroom, a furniture showroom in downtown Chicago on March 13th and 14th. And COVID had hit the US and everything on the planet was shutting down. And I was with Jeff, Chad, and who at the time's name was Kyle. He was one of our interns. And no one else was there because, hello, the world was shutting down. And we were all looking around the table and we were like, what do we do to support this incredible network? And at the time, it was minuscule compared to what it is now. And we were like, what in the world is the plan? And we realized there is no way to possibly support an unknown situation. There's no way for us to project where this is going or create content over the next few months to support it. Like, there's no way to see what the world is going to come to. And we realized the only thing we could control was being accessible. And so our goal with creating daily drop-in morning show was that every single morning, no matter what day it was, we were always going to be there at the same time, same place. So that if anyone needed anything to brainstorm, to question, to vent, to celebrate, I don't know, we'd be there. Right. (laughs) So We started the show back in March of 2020. We did it on and off for a while. And to be honest, when we had it going, people always shared their appreciation. And when we stopped it, because, you know, I don't know, we hoped the world was getting better. People wondered why it went away. And so this August, we started up again every single day, Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Eastern. We stream on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, and LinkedIn. And then it gets converted into a podcast episode for Teach Better Talk podcast. And truly, we exist just to be there every morning. So as you get your day started, you have some consistency. We hope you learn a little bit. There's a new theme every single week. And we also welcome guests on every single week, new guests to join us every day to share their own story and amplifying different educators around the world. We've been very fortunate that some weeks, you know, we're just talking shop about easy topics and other weeks there's things going on in the world that we want to make sure educators have a space to problem solve through. So it's a, it's a goofy project, but uh, we've been doing it for almost a year and I mean, the consistency has been there. And I, I have heard personally of people that have just enjoyed just the support during COVID specifically. And, you know, it was something that they knew they could always fall back on, you know, to get yeah. content every single day. So kudos to you for, for that consistency and, and being a wonderful resource. And I did not do quotes in the air when I said inspiration. <laughs> I, I do want to clarify, like, I love the credit, but there is an entire team that makes the daily drop-in happen. Like, I might be a consistent host that many of you see. Uh, if you ever tune into the show, you'll probably see me on screen. But, you know, Jeff and Dave and Brad are, are essential in this. Katie's a, a huge part of this never mentioned, but always important. Um, Rachel is a huge part of it in the background. We we just have so many people that make this show come together and, and ensure that it's accessible for all of you, you know, to be able to make sure it's a podcast episode and everything else. So shout out to literally everybody on the team that seems to have a hand in that. For sure. So let's talk about you individually, because I mean, since we talked, it's been a while. I think you have a TED talk out there somewhere. I do. You were a co-author of a book. I don't think we've talked yes. about it either. So I don't know which project you want to talk about first, but I'd love to kind of usher my listeners to either one. So let's talk about the TED Talk because that had to have been an experience. I mean, I can only imagine behind the scenes what the preparation looked like. And then, of course, having to stand on stage and, and being filmed, you know, with all the lights on you. I mean, will you share kind of that experience and what you talked about? Yeah, I, well, I'm happy to dive into as much as you guys are interested in. It was a bucket list item for me personally, and it was the hardest professional development that I have had in the last 10 years. 
And I am dying to do another because I found so many things that I would want to adjust and do differently that while I learned an enormous amount, I'm dying to do it again to kind of make more adjustments and learn more. So yeah, for those of you who are interested, you know, if you go to any um, Ted website, you can just search Ray Hewitt and apparently I show up, which is kind of cool. (laughs) It's very cool. So what's the topic? Very cool. What what was something that you were passionate about to to speak on a Ted talk? Yeah. So my Ted talk is 12 minutes describing the why mastery learning should be a topic. All of you should care about essentially. So I go through um, mastery learning as a, as a concept, I go through the history of where that came from, but I start out the Ted talk explaining why each and every one of you use mastery learning skills every day. And if you use it every day, it should exist in our schools. Mm -hmm. It's a fun little activity. If you ever watch it, I recommend having two corks or two marker caps or two pen caps near you. Cause I give you a little activity I want you to do with your hands and to, you know, spoiler alert, I don't actually teach you how to do it at the end. So you might need to reach out for me, reach out to me for a tutorial, but the concept is that all of us deserve a personalized experience to ensure that we learn and how we can scale that in the classroom has been discovered. So now we have no excuse, but implement. It's kind of a fun topic. All right. So let's talk mm-hmm. about your book because you co-authored Teachers Deserve It and it's been yeah. out for a little while. I think it dropped during the pandemic, but I have it sitting on my shelf. I'm looking at it right now. Wonderful book. So for those who may not have had a chance to you know, read it yet, can you give just a quick synopsis of the text? Yeah, I know. Kind of crazy. So Teach Better came out in 2019, September of 2019. Teachers Deserve It came out July of 2020. And then uh, the TED Talk was February of 2021. So uh, they kind of all dropped in a little bit of an order. But Teachers Deserve It was an incredible project. We never could have foreseen that the pandemic was coming and it ended up being apparently a great message to share with educators. It was a book that I didn't intend to write uh, originally. Um, Adam Welcome, who's my co-author, incredible, incredible educator, came to me and pitched me this idea. He had obviously written one of those bestsellers, Kids Deserve It. Everybody loves that. It's this inspirational book about all the things that our students deserve. And his goal was to write a essentially a sequel to say, yes, kids do deserve all these things, but not at the expense of a teacher. Yeah. And originally I was like, well, that sounds like a terrible book. I don't want to write that at all. <laughs> Um, cause in my mind, come on, Josh, you're an administrator, you know, teachers deserve it essentially sounds like a book that we should talk about how leadership doesn't support teachers and doesn't give teachers like don't have the resources to be successful. And I didn't want to write a negative book. And he was like, no, Ray, that's why I want to write this book with you. You would never allow it to go that direction, which was the nicest compliment. So for me, this was a really important project that needed to be done right. And essentially we laid out everything we could possibly think of that a teacher deserved. Teachers deserve respect. Teachers deserve strong leadership. Teachers deserve stronger class sizes. Teachers deserve more money. Teachers deserve, I mean, so many things. But the beauty of the book is that every chapter is essentially a big proclamation for what teachers deserve. And then we were able in the chapter to not only emphasize why teachers deserve this, but also empower teachers in taking the first step towards fostering a new narrative around this topic, that none of these things were ever going to change unless teachers decided they needed to. And so we actually gave action items and we were able to feature 22 different educators in the book as incredible, you know, snapshots of beautiful educators around the U S and it was, it was truly, it's, I know it's bad to say, cause obviously both books are wonderful, but Teachers Deserve It for me was really a passion project. I was so thrilled to have published. 
Well, and you talked about me being an administrator and the topics at hand in that book though are so relevant. I, I was reading each chapter saying, yes, this is true. Like, especially Mm -hmm. like you talked about with the resources piece. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a job that is really hard because of the resources that are lacking and yes, kids do deserve all those wonderful things, but sometimes it's really hard to make that happen when the resources are so little. And, um, I just thought the the book was beautifully done in the sense that it, it didn't come across negative at all. Which I appreciate. And truly, if you're listening now, if you're looking for a little bit of empowerment, maybe something to challenge your mindset, I really encourage you to pick it up because the suggestions that we gave were suggestions that would take you five to 10 minutes. And we really believed that if every educator made this step, we'd be living in a different world. And more than ever now, teachers, and when we say teachers, we mean all teachers, right? That means leaders as well. Our, our principals, our assistant principals, our teachers, they're educators. So anyone in the education system, if you want to be a part of the solution and not a part of the problem, this book gives you a lot of opportunities to do that. And some of them are as simple as, you know, like hanging your diploma in your office or your classroom. And some of them are as big as making sure that when you're at a restaurant, you're speaking positively about the work that you're doing. I mean, there are little, little steps that can make a massive impact. So I'm excited for educators that are choosing to be a part of the Teachers Deserve It movement. And I'm going to have a link to the book in my show notes. So for anyone listening, please pick up a copy because it's it's going to make an impact, especially if we can get a lot of folks doing all of those different steps. I think that would be extremely powerful. So Ray, I want to transition because like you said before, the Teach Better team has always got things going on. Can you just maybe touch on a couple things coming up for the team and what people can expect? Oh, yes. I have a lot of, let me see how many spoilers can I give you? Okay, <laughs> right? Teach you Better. want that Jeff doesn't want you to say. Oh my gosh. Okay. If you're on the Teach Better team and you're currently listening to this episode, please stop and go find something else to listen to. (laughs) Yeah. If you guys head to teachbetterconference.com, obviously it's a big thing we're doing right now. We're releasing our featured speakers and our keynotes. So we have 12 educators that have already committed to be printing this event that we are featuring. Uh, We've already announced Alexis Shepard, Jed Derryberry, Mandy Freilich, Trey Gammage, and of course, one of our keynotes which is Janine Letford, who is, oh my gosh, just just a, such an incredible speaker. Yeah. We have so many more to come. We're announcing two more uh, next Monday, and we announce actually two every two weeks. So incredible educators that are going to be featured. We want you all to join the lineup. So of course, go submit your proposal to be a speaker at the event. Uh, we mentioned that earlier. Um, and then that event is obviously October 14th and 15th in Akron, Ohio. We're so excited to bring a very, very small group, and we are keeping it small intentionally not because of COVID, but because we want, our goal is to have a conversation, a one-on-one conversation with every single person at this event. So we are keeping this conference small so that every single person can truly network and not just be in a seat, not just be in a sea of people, but be in a sea of family members. And so um, if you are interested, there's a lot on that website that obviously gives you more details and information. Um, in addition to the conference, there's a ton of other things going on in the Teach Better team. We mentioned reading blogs and listening to episodes on our podcast network. Specifically this month, uh, Teach Better team has a big birthday coming up. We have our seven-year-old birthday. We're excited. Uh, we haven't released details of that yet, but I will give you some spoilers that you will definitely need to get a cake, a piece of cake or a cupcake. I'm a cupcake person, some sort of candle and we have a lot of surprises in store for you to celebrate with us at the end of the month. Um, we also will have, I don't know, just cool things. The team always has little things that we're celebrating with teachers and educators. So if you guys are looking for anything as like a little pick me up or anything to challenge your thinking, trust me, you'll find it within this community. <laughs> Most definitely. And speaking of birthdays, happy mm-hmm. birthday, right? 
Thanks. Yeah, I just had a birthday. You, you know, I feel like birthdays are weird because people always act like they're big deals. I, I'm like thrilled to be getting older. Like you have no idea. I, I really wish that people wouldn't be so like embarrassed, but I, I'm like so excited. I'm deeper in my thirties. Like that's what I wanted. I want to, I want to get even like further into my thirties. I'm stoked. But you look so young. That's the thing. <laughs> I guess so. Okay. Wait, I say, can I tell a funny story? <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. <laughs> So I go to the coffee shop this morning. Guys, I talk about my coffee shop all the time. I just moved to a new community. I love this new coffee shop. So I go and grab my coffee. I sit down in my normal assigned seat because I essentially have a plaque of my seat that's there. And the the coffee guy that makes my, every morning makes my coffee comes up and he goes, oh, Red, so it was your birthday, happy birthday. I was like, thanks so much. And then he goes, can I ask like what birthday it is of yours? And so I tell him, I was like, oh, it's my 31st birthday, which normally I would not tell people. I usually tell people I'm like 10 years older than I am. Like I lie all the time about my age. And cause people like 31 is so young, right? I'm so fortunate to have such a, such a hopefully many, many years ahead of me. And he looks at me and with like a face goes, oh, I thought you were way older than that. And I was like, oh, I never get that reaction. <laughs> Man, I should have got more sleep last night. I know. It's I had this moment where like, I am proud. I cannot wait to turn 40. I cannot wait to turn 50. I'm like dying. I think I see so many people, all my friends, they're so successful. Like I, I cannot wait to continue to grow older. But that was the first time anybody was like, oh, that's younger. You look way older in my mind. And then I looked at him and I was like, I should ask your age, but I don't even want to know. Maybe you're like 21 in bed. <laughs> you're like, so this coffee's free then, right? Yeah, exactly. I was like, because you offended me, can I, can this one be on you? <laughs> well, Ray, I, I'm going to say the opposite. And, and of course, happy birthday. I hope you, you had a wonderful day Thank and you. had a cupcake for your birthday. Love cupcakes. Yeah, you love love cupcakes. it. You love sweets. I know you yeah. love sweets. Ray, I can talk to you all night long. I, I just love everything that you're doing in education with the Teach Better team. I mean, you are an inspiration. I know I used that word earlier, and I think it's so fitting for what you do every single day. Love seeing you every morning for the daily drop-in, and I am so fortunate to be on the team with you. Thank you so much for being on the Aspire podcast again. So fun. Thanks for the invite. And anybody listening, if you want to be involved with the Teach Better team, like join me on the daily drop-in morning show or, I don't know, blog with us, or I don't know. If any of you want to get more involved, please reach out because it's an incredible team, and there's a lot of ways to get your story told so no josh i so appreciate the invitation and love connecting with your cool crew over here 